Good morning, Kesha. How are you today? Fantastic. How are you? I am good. This is our on the road episode. It is uh, it is the uh, wee hours of the morning for me, uh, being across the country, and uh, you are apparently in a car. I'm in a car on my way to DC. There you go. So, so to our listening audience, uh, as you know, we said we 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 bring it to you. However, we the conversation goes. So, today we are doing it um, from where we are, and you're in a car, and I'm in a hotel room. Yes. So uh, we we always said we would just put it out there, no matter no matter what happened. Well, I mean, life is like that, right? Especially as a business owner, you don't know what situation you'll find yourself in. You just go with it. Well, that's very, that's very true. Yeah. It'll be nice. If, yeah. I mean, the niceties of, and not that we do these in recording studios anyway, but the niceties of recording studios are not always uh, available to you or the niceties of sitting, you know, in a, in a boardroom, you have to deal with the situation as it, as it is presented to you. Right. It reminds me of back when we read a, a while ago when we read um, the Bob Iger book and he talked about uh, being in he talked about being in China, getting ready for the opening of um, of Disney. Of, wasn't it Chinese in, in the hotel room? Yeah, Disney, getting ready for uh, the opening of, of Shanghai. And uh-huh. uh, when he, fi- he finds out about all this uh, about um these uh, these disasters that befall the company back home, and he's yes. trying to deal with them from yeah from the from the lobby of the hotel or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you, you deal with what, what what is presented to you. Well, and I think that's what makes um, leaders what they are. I went to an event last night for a reopening of one of my friend's restaurants. So they they had opened like a month before. The pandemic hit, so they reopened yesterday. They had gone in and set up like some outdoor seating, and we were talking about like navigating through this time. So he was like, "It's better." He was like, "Or it's getting better." He's like, "But there's, it's like you're dipping and diving. You know, it's like you're on, like on a not like a battlefield, but it's it's an emotional roller coaster at times." Sure, that's what comes to the territory, right? So, uh, but. So how was how was the restaurant? It was really good. So locally, you and I have gone to their main restaurant, Alkaline. Oh, sure. So they opened another one, which is more like a a really cool uh, like cocktail bar and um, Japanese inspired cuisine. It was very good, and it's called Baby Izikaya in the okay. Vibe District of Virginia Beach. So they did like a friends and family opening last night. The vibe. What does the what is the vibe district of Virginia Beach? I'm sorry, I didn't know about that. Didn't know we had more. We had districts popping up in 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 Virginia Beach now too. That's not just yes. that's, that's just not Norfolk that that has to keep renaming parts of itself. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it is. It's really cool. You you're familiar. It's like we're all they were doing like all the construction. They've actually gone and put like these pavers. It's like over where Hearth is. Hearth is far 
part of it. So I think it's like between Cypress and 17th Street is considered the vibe. I lost you there. Between what? Area. Uh, between um, Cypress and 17th okay. Street. Okay. So like someone like me would still call that essentially the oceanfront. Okay, but they're building up this vibe of restaurants. Like, they've got some really cool restaurants that have opened the Pink Dingy. Um, I think, like, what's that taco place? Gringo's is part of that. Her esoteric commune. Like, that whole kind of pocket of restaurants and, you know, WRV area, Java Surf is considered now, like, the vibe, the vibe district of Virginia Beach. Oops. Artsy, okay. crafty, food places. So what's the, so let's talk about that. So not talking about the, okay. the, that place in particular, but when you do that, when you create these new areas and you give them names, is it, mm-hmm. is it because it's, a, it's, it's obviously it's for marketing purposes, um, right? But it, it makes me think of Hell's Kitchen being renamed Clinton. But everyone I know still calls it Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, because I didn't even know it was renamed. <laughs> it just goes to show I didn't even know it was renamed Clinton. So that's news to me. Oh, that was only that. that yeah, that, you know, like you know, maybe like twenty-five years out of date there, Kitchen. But okay, sure. So yeah, because it's still all my friends still say Hell's Kitchen. I'm not not one of my friends who lives in New York City says Clinton. Okay, well, ask them about what's Clinton compared to Hell's Kitchen. I'm going to ask and, them now. Yeah, and then let me know the, the outcome. No, but from a from a purpose of, of this call, like you're thinking about marketing is, uh, you know, does, and in this case, you're actually saying they're doing some stuff to change the area. But yeah. as a general proposition, you know, communities will rename, will rename themselves in an attempt to, to, to garner, I don't know, new marketing or new something, right? Also, to set a distinction or to distinguish. So, the oceanfront is broken up anyway. Like, there's North End, right, which is by the Cavalier. And I think most places do that just to distinguish maybe the distance or how far you're going because the oceanfront can be, you know, no. quite a drive. If I know that you're going to the Vibe District, don't do that. I, I know that if you're going to the Vibe District, then I know that's going to be closer to that area. If you're going to North End, then I know that you're gonna we're gonna be out near 31st Street. Okay, sure. Except if you told me meet me in the Vibe District, I've, I, 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 I'd say, what the hell are you talking about? Well, it's gonna it's gonna grow it's gonna grow in the community. Okay. It's well, a way to describe the artsy part of the oceanfront. Well, this, this, you, hey, deal I, with I, it. Seven five seven. But hey, no, hey, but you're being what? you're being very. We have we have an audience that's nationwide or international even, so they yeah. don't know what you're talking about. So let's forget the specifics of this one. I'm talking in okay. a much more I'm talking in a much more general standpoint about this cre- about naming areas or renaming areas from their sort of oh. whether either historically known or giving them or maybe they had no name at all, and all of a sudden you decide to give them a name. Especially a name that doesn't that doesn't signify where they actually are. Well, again, I so I think that in general, it's a way to set a distinction. It's a way to identify a community or a neighborhood or whatever it is, and that's become like the 
I, I don't know. I think it's become like the new in thing, maybe like how there was a time when on menu items, uh, I, they had quirky names, right? It couldn't just be a cheeseburger. It was more like, you know, the Bombay burger or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it, I think it's a way to create, yes, marketing, conversation, uh, distinction in the location, something new okay, and trendy. So, yeah. So you think that's a good thing? When it works. Oh, well, wait a second. But then you won't know that until, but you don't know that until, um, until after you've done it and it's, and it's either caught on or it's not. So, so right. and in think, the moment, are you a believer in following it? In believe, and do you, do you, do you subscribe to the model? When it, okay. So for me, when it's a larger, when it's a larger area or a larger city mass, yes. When it's smaller and you're like a stone's throw away from one area to the next, it, it's weird. In the case of what you're talking about, it's a stone's throw away that you're you're calling it that area. Well, no, stone's throw away for me would be you're like jumping how, on board. Well, well, so it would be like how in downtown Norfolk we have the Waterside District, which is like a five minute walk from downtown, which is a five minute walk from the Neon District, which is you know like. Well, but that's no different that, than saying, but that's what that's what the vibe is. Not to me, because the vibe district is a good ten minutes away from or more. From like North End. But what? But what's it right next to? It's right next to the oceanfront. So no, 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 no. I no. You, the, the, you're picking two areas that are that are not next to each other. So then to then draw a distinction. I'm saying it's right next to another area. And so, but in well, your no. but in your world, then you live in the seven five seven. I guess now. Okay, sure. Well, okay. No, because when you go to New York City, right? I'm like I'm going to go to New York City, and then I say. Oh, meet me in the financial district. Yes. That's not okay. a new name. So I'm going to go to the oceanfront. That's not a newly created name. They, they didn't just rename it. To... Was when it. It was when it was created. It was when it was created. Because now I'm like, I'm going to the oceanfront. Meet me in the, meet me in the vibe district. Yeah, no. Again, how do you know it's going to work? You, you just said when it works. And you don't know if it works yet, is my point. Because, but if that's your belief system, then like I said, you live in the seven five seven now. I guess since that's the new marketing name for the general yeah. area, you said when it works on a larger area. So um, at least I now understand how you that your, your belief system in these things. It's clever, and I and I hope it works. Gotcha. There. But on a but on a broader scale, you like there's, this. There's a not talking about this one, but you like this. I, I idea. like how it distinguishes. I like it, and it, yeah, I like how it distinguishes areas. It gives me a point of reference. Okay. And nope. I think it gives people a point of reference. Again, to marketers, I think this is important. This is important stuff for people thinking about how they describe themselves. Right. I like to have a sense of community, and so when you define something or redefine something, it, it further creates that. Gotcha. Okay. Again, yeah. No, but to each their own. I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, you know, and I don't even know. I think that I, I feel like those things are forced as opposed to occurring naturally, right? 
when uh, some areas when you when you refer to areas that historically have been known something say in New York they weren't necessarily known those ways for marketing purposes initially the creation of something called that the, whereas the creation of other names today like you said are connotating something like uh, like a, like a hip area as you said so i uh-huh. i guess i i see it as i see it as um as as fake and artificial as opposed to naturally to naturally occurring and so my personal gravitation is tends to be away from that um now again in, in fairness when it hits uh, a, probably a certain a certain uh point in time that may change but when you talk about a, a place like like uh, virginia beach a lot of the areas are have historical significance from before the area was incorporated and uh-huh. it was how people actually distinguished where they were one place from another today your the purpose is pure marketing as opposed to actual understanding location so yeah it's it it has it feels to me um somewhat artificial but that that's me and not everyone not everyone takes to marketing that same way and i don't know i mean you say it, you call it marketing i believe that it's the way that communities are built and so they took that area and wanted to create uh, you know a vibe it'd be the same if you can take create a container park that had a marketplace so to, to set aside that and have a city plan for it, I don't think is artificial. That's not necessarily marketing. That's, it's something that they, they did to designate that area. And then people moved in and created that, and you create that vibe. The vibe. No, no, no. That's, okay. You and I are just not going to... We're not, we're not going to agree not, on that. That's okay. And it's okay to have different points of views. Yes. I you might agree. side with me, and a few may side with you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the majority will go along with me, and some of them may see your viewpoint, but that's all good. That's what makes that's what makes <laughs> this show that that much more um, interesting, at least at least to us, if not to if not to our to our listening audience. Well, it also it also. Kish's audio is brought to you by Sprint. It, you know what? It, that's cold. Actually, it's not. It's T-Mobile now. Kish's audio is brought to you by T-Mobile. And I happen to be going through, you know, it's kind of overcast here, so... I'm, I'm actually on the stretch by Williamsburg, Virginia. That isn't so great anyway. This is real life. I understand completely. Uh, All right, so, so what? I'm, uh-huh. I'm sorry, Kisha. Honestly, Kisha, I don't know what you, I, we didn't hear you. So what, what did you just say? So what's our next book? Oh, our, what's our next book? Yeah, so we're just finishing up um, of the uh, team of teams. And then next week, we are going to read uh, a smaller book, um, The Magic of Thinking Big. 
And um, interestingly, that came up uh, on, I had read it a long time ago, but that came up recently on a uh, podcast episode on the Corporate Thought Podcast, um, as one of my guests brought it up. And um, so funny enough, I met somebody and they said, hey, you know that book you talked about in your podcast? And I said, well, we talk about a lot of books on the podcast. So, um, but he's, but I did not know this was someone who, who listened to the show at all. And I, and I just happened to meet him and he goes, oh no, I listened to your podcast. I subscribe. I said, oh, that's so great. Um, and he was um, from, uh, from Miami. And he said, uh, yeah, you, uh, you had a guest on and they talked about this book, The Magic of Thinking Big. And boy, that book is, is, just uh is just so great so i said oh okay good so i'm glad we're gonna do that one here and then talk about it on 31 minutes because it's a small book and it's probably dated in terms of um its language a little bit uh like the go-getter is a little dated in its language so uh the magic of thinking big is is you know shows the signs of when it was written by the by the vernacular used um Uh But it, uh, but I think to to this very young man's point of view, and he's only in his twenties. The guy who who told me, um, I think that the uh, the the storyline is uh, you know uh, is timeless, and the and the concepts contained in it are timeless. So that's uh-huh. also interesting that you can that you can take. I like when we can take older books, and yes. I know you know I'm somebody who always tends to look for. Uh, the new book a lot of times or the new thing but I also do like that the guests on um, Corporate Thought will describe books that were very meaningful to them as they came along in, in their in their journey and so these um, a lot of times these older books especially ones I hadn't thought of or haven't read in a long time um, it's great to give to, to, to reread them and apply them back to your life well, I think I, what I think is good about that is, is like you said, that there are timeless concepts. Is my audio not good? Oh, you're Can fine. You oh. Yep. Um, is that when we take older books, because I have a lot of books that I that are older, but the, the insight and all of that is still applicable. And I think it's good to introduce people to older works that um, they hadn't considered before. And some of it can be fun reading, right? Like The Go-Getter was humorous to me because of some of the language, even though the overall premise of being a go-getter extends through, you know, forever. You know, how you're, how to be a go-getter regardless of the language and the jokes that they use that made no sense. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think it makes it, I do think it makes a, a, a and you got something out of it and that's 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 the whole point so yeah so for uh those people who who uh follow along with us uh get a copy of the magic of thinking big and then we will be um talking about that uh certainly next friday but we'll be putting social posts up referencing that book starting uh starting wednesday like uh like like we do uh-huh. so cool. with that being said uh-huh. No, what are some of your, your key takeaways from Team of Teams? And just really, I think it's so rich to be able to have to share these books 
the people able to read them through with us in the week, sometimes it takes a little bit more to kind of pull out nuggets and unpack them, um, you know, over time. No, sure. So um, I learned, so we first learned about, or for me, when I learned about team of teams and added it to our list was, excuse me, when I had, um, I think it was when Brant Cooper was my guest on the podcast. And uh, that episode has already come out now um, a while back, I think. But uh, he, he talked about it as being meaningful to how he uh, helps uh, coach uh, executives and teams. Um, and uh, he found it, he found it very useful, but I, that, that whole idea about getting away from sort of the institutional way of directing people and giving them, um, freedom or autonomy to self-direct in the, in, uh, as a, as a means of getting to their goal, I thought is, I thought was, was so important. So instead of having sort of this, this overarching large hierarchical organization, you know, creating these smaller semi-autonomous um, units who then, who then work together to solve the problem or to, to move their business forward. Um, I, I think it, it requires certain things in a leader. It requires, it requires uh, and, and cultural understanding, you know, corporate culture it understands a certain level it requires a certain level of trust for sure um well, yeah and he talks without about that trust, without the whole the trust thing, right it falls apart if you don't have the trust to believe in them and you need to and you need to have a command and control uh type organization you know because as as the leader yeah you can't apply this stuff this only works uh if you give if you give them you know i said freedom and autonomy and, and freedom and autonomy don't come so easily uh, to, to, uh, to many leaders, right? Well, but, and the freedom and autonomy didn't have, it was not without its checks because in there he mentioned that, you know, you would still send a report to the leader of whatever that department group or whatever was, right? So it's right. not without, it's not, it's just saying that I give you the opportunity to develop within each other's team the ability to obtain the goal as they see fit, right? And then give feedback on how that happens. Something else that I thought was interesting in there, because this is this definitely works in, say, larger corporations, but even I thought about in, say, my company, I have a front of the house and a back of the house. And, and I liked how he was talking about how teams in these corporations become more cohesive when, when the teams interact. When teams from other departments interact, whether that's a whole team, or a couple of people from the team get to know each other, it creates a stronger sense of team. Right. Like knowing each other's functions, not necessarily knowing, uh, not without necessarily knowing all of the nuances of what they do. Right? So when you talk about like taking tours of each other's departments, because sometimes you go work someplace and you don't have that interaction. I'm on the phone, so I'm in res. I don't know what happens in another part of the company but having that interaction helps develop a greater appreciation for the whole. So I thought that was really good. No, I think that's, I, I, at, at some level, you're all pulling. Does, for does the, see, uh, 
No, you're all pulling for the same, at some level, you're pulling for the same goal. So trying to, uh, to understand how each piece of the pie or each piece of the organization work together to um, make things happen is very much, or to how they do their part is very important. But, um, you know, because without even, even without high levels of structure, there still has to be those handoffs and those, and that, and that interdepartment um, cooperation. Uh-huh. It doesn't, because otherwise you can be working at, you can be working towards opposite ends, right? So right. in addition to, in addition to trust, you also need, you also need very, very strong communication. Because uh-huh. if an organization um, suffers from communication issues, the same, uh-huh. this model doesn't work, right? Right. So, right. And, I, and I don't, I don't just mean the tools of communication because we know there's plenty of examples of the tools being there, but people not utilizing them properly. It's yeah, less, that's a the, good point. It's, yeah, it's less the tool itself than more the how and what we actually communicate. Uh, you know, I don't care how you do, you can do it. You can, you can do it by carrier pigeon or you can do it by Slack, right? It doesn't much matter. <laughs> or band or band or any of these other things, but it's yeah. not the tool. It's the, it's what you're communicating. Um, and, um, the, and, and what you're and what you're saying, not how you're saying yes. it. Yes. Agreed. So, you know, uh, as an overall concept, I thought those were, you know, interesting things that I got out of, out of it, but I like the, I like the model. I like the idea. I think it is in fact, um, perhaps part of what makes for a 21st century leader. Um, and if you can develop the corporate culture to, to um, move in that direction and make that happen, I think it also uh, makes people feel um, like they have a little bit more uh, uh, skin in the game, if you will. Empowered. Yeah, empowered. Yes. So what did you think? I agree with, well, I mean, those are bigger things. Um, I mean, I agree with what you said. I just like, I like communication. I like um, that component. But for me, it was really the interaction of how teams interact. or as I or intermingle, I should say. So it was a good book. I think people should uh, read it and see how they can apply it, and if it's even feasible for them to change their culture to um, apply to that. I think that some people there are pieces of that that we want to implement, but don't do it all in totality, and so maybe we get a disjointed corporate culture. Like That's that, true. That yeah. No, very true. <clears throat> yep. Cool. Well, Kisha, here we are. Another uh, got got to got to spend another thirty-one minutes talking about, um, you know, what what we're doing and how we look at uh, how we look at uh, at the leader of the future. The leader of the future, adaptability. That was the other key. Yes, adaptability. Look, this is a great example. We're 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 adapting today. <laughs> Gotta lead by example, man. So, 
didn't, didn't, didn't stop us from having this conversation and recording it. And think about that too. People, someone says, Oh, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. I know plenty of people say, Oh, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. You know, not only do we do it, but even when, even when we have the challenges of our own personal schedules, it doesn't stop us from just doing it. Right. Because winners always find a way to win. And I was trying to remember the quote that I put up for today's or yesterday's post about, um, about many will enter into paradise, having, trying hard. Are you looking for it? I, yeah, go ahead. Keep, keep, keep. So you can, so, so you can read it. So you can read it. And you know, I don't like the word try because you're either I, doing or not doing. And so I, I was going to go on a whole tangent. Cause I was like, you know, if you don't ever say like, you know, I'm trying to eat, no, you're eating. How do you try to eat? How do you try anything? You just do it. You do it or you don't do it. The quote, the quote was there is, there's likely a place in paradise for people who tried hard, but what really matters is succeeding. And if that requires you to change, that's your mission. That's the quote itself. That's so good. Yes. And so reading this book may require you to change your mission. Love it. Well, (laughs) thank you. Uh, I hope you have a good and safe trip and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.